Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share the inspiring story of someone who has faced their share of vulnerability and been able to find success and fulfillment. We hope all our stories will help you find the strength within yourself to live the life you want and find success of your own. Jen Sincero said, If you're confident, then you don't feel weird about showing your vulnerability and opening yourself up to learning from somebody else. Insecure people stay where they are because they are afraid of admitting their weaknesses. This is episode three of the Vulnerable Podcast with Jacob Wiersbicki. Homeschooled until he was 13 years old and growing up as the middle child, it took a lot for him to come into his own. He always felt like he needed to do a little more to get the attention he wanted, and this usually led to doing things that he probably shouldn't have. After finishing school, he took a blue-collar job on an oil rig, getting his hands dirty and starting to build his confidence. Realizing he could do more and wanting more from his life, he moved into project management and eventually sales. Still struggling with self-awareness, it would take a few more years before he turned into the man we see in front of us today. Now a father, successful salesman, and the founder of Underdog Social, he's beginning to build the life he's always dreamed of. From never attending college to being asked to teach at one, this guy's full of surprises and a wealth of knowledge. Showing us all that with some confidence, a little grit, and the willingness to put yourself in uncomfortable situations, we can all become a better version of ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Jacob Wearsbicky. Hey, Jacob, how's it going? It's uh, been some time since we last talked. I uh, met you through LinkedIn. You've got a, an incredible story, my friend, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you decided to come on and, and share this with, uh, with our listeners. So again, thanks again, and uh, yeah, uh, let's, uh, let's get vulnerable. <laughs> All right, man. Well, the first question I ask everybody is, what is your definition of vulnerability? Uh, my definition of vulnerability, I think, is, is uh, accepting your weaknesses. Um, accept, yeah, accepting your weaknesses, accepting your your flaws, your failures, the things that you're not necessarily good at. No, I mean, 100%. I think that's where we grow. Um, you know, the whole sort of idea behind this podcast is showing struggle to success, right? And I think it's those those times of failure and those times of weakness that teach us the most about ourselves. So couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, so what would you say um, would be one of your earliest memories of, uh, of facing vulnerability in your life? Oh, man, earliest memories. You know, I think I've suffered from short-term memory loss because it seems I only remember. <laughs> of, I would probably say in, in maybe not so much externally facing the vulnerabilities, but definitely internalizing it. Um, I would say my earliest memories are probably around around 13 years old. I was homeschooled up until that point. And so um, I walked into eighth grade and uh, had a little bit of a, of a weird childhood. And so uh, I did have a lot of insecurities. Um, and instead of, I would say, properly dealing with them at 13 years old, which I don't know how properly you can deal with anything <laughs> at that scale at 13, just because um, your sense of self obviously is not quite yet fully developed. But um, which I don't know that it ever is, but, uh, and it was funny because the, the vulnerabilities that I had were insecurities, insecurities just in myself as a person, as far as like, you know, I wasn't really good at sports. I really didn't know how to interact with people as far as, uh, I've just kind of always been the guy who just kind of says what I think, thinks without, or speaks without thinking, 
you know, I've been kind of known for that foot and mouth kind of guy. <laughs> um, still gets, literally got me into trouble in a meeting 30 minutes ago. So it still gets me into trouble today. Um, but I think I externalized my vulnerabilities as arrogance. So I ended up masking my massive insecurities as like crazy arrogance. And it was just like loud, obnoxious and annoying. Um, I would say probably that's my earliest um, memory of, of facing vulnerabilities and then obviously choosing to deal with them wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we're all learning, right? And like you just said, it still happens today. So it's, it's totally understandable. What, what would you say um, helped you overcome the, those situations? Like, how did you get out of that? Honestly, man, it didn't change until I was like 22. So um, took a while. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of it too was, was at, you know, obviously I started getting more confident in myself as far as confidence in, in the sense of whatever situation I get thrown into, I will figure it out. Um, but I, I still had that, that need and that desire to be recognized. And I still have some of that today, right? Some of that's just the inheritance of my, uh, personality, right? Is the, the, the need for recognition and the want, um, to, uh, to be the center of attention. Um, you know, like I'm the guy who like, I like taking pictures, you know, some people are like, oh, I don't like taking pictures, just difference of personalities. Um, but for me, in my early 20s, uh, I left, I was working in the oil field, which is a very blue-collar job, 12 hours a day. You just do what you're told, and that's it. And I got an opportunity to work uh, for a company running projects for them, purely almost by happenstance, um, that I got this job. And within about three, four months, I figured it out pretty easily. And... I'm, I'm an all in kind of guy. I'm an extremist, right? And anything that I do, I want to be the best and not in the best in comparison to others, the best in comparison to myself, right? Create the metric for myself, see if I can beat it and create another one. And so with that, before I knew it, I was leading a team of about six people at 21, maybe 22 years old, somewhere in there. And uh, all in the, in the course of like nine, 10 months, it all happened really, really quickly. And it was a small company too, right? This is a $5 million company. So the whole company was like 20 people. So if that, maybe 15. So it's a very small company. And you know, things are in small companies. Everybody kind of wears a ton of different hats. Well, at the end of that year, I had no, like literally nobody working for me. And I was working 17, 18 hour days trying to just make it all happen. And, uh, you know, it was their fault. You know, they didn't work hard enough or there was one on drugs or there was one who had a bad attitude or who had a problem being, you know, working for a guy half his age. And it was something, it was always someone else's problem. And I, I talked to someone, I actually talked to my pastor at the time. And he looked at me and he's like, you ever thought that maybe you're the problem? <laughs> and I think that, that <laughs> I think that was the first time. And I don't mind that. I love when people call me out. But I think that was the first time that I realized the reason why they didn't like working for me was because I was so arrogant and I needed all the attention all the time, right? I never wanted to say, hey, the team's doing all the work. Because I'm like, hey, I'm working 15 hours a day. I'm the one who has to take, literally, I was averaging 60 phone calls a day that were coming to my, to my, to my phone, probably another 50 texts and another 100 emails that I was getting every day. And I'm like thinking to myself, you know, I'm the one running around trying to make sure everybody, you know, is where they need to go, making sure everybody's. And there was just that whole other aspect that I was so caught up in myself. And so I think that was the first time that I really had to face it. And luckily, obviously, you know, that had been 10 years from the first time that I guess you could say I really noticed that arrogance about myself. Um, so I, I, and I'd obviously been through some different life things in that time. So I think that I was better more or more equipped 
to look at it and say, okay, look, you really are masking your insecurities. And um, it was crazy, man, because once I embraced that, everything kind of changed. Um, I didn't so much need the attention anymore. And I think that's, it was beautiful because that's where true confidence comes in place. When you have, when you are truly confident, you don't, you don't have the need for all the glory, right? Because you know, you're a beast. Like you, you, you just, so you don't need other people to tell you that. And when other people say you're doing a great job, you can turn around and give that credit away because you don't need it. Does that make sense? No, hundred percent. It does. I mean, it sounds to me like, from what you're saying there is that, you know, sort of taking responsibility for your own actions and your own, um, you know, personality and all that is, is what really helped you. And yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, confidence is, is key in my opinion. I mean, I, I've been in sales like yourself for a long time and, um, you know, having people tell you no a lot is something that sort of hurts at first, but then after a while you get used to it. So, so I completely understand where you're coming from. Just a sort of oddball question, but I, I'm just curious because I sort of felt the same way growing up. But are you at all a middle child? I am. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm in the middle as well. So I kind of <laughs> kind of got that vibe there. So <laughs> <funny> <laughs> enough. That's a good read. That's yeah. a really, really good read. Good job. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I mean, I, I, I think we already had the answer to this next question, but just out of what, get your thoughts on it. What strength would you say you discovered in yourself? Maybe it was confidence or maybe it was something else. What strengths? Um, <clears throat> I guess it really kind of depends, right? Are you talking um, on, on an IQ side of things, on a technical side of things? Or are you talking about on, a, on an emotional uh, side of things? I would say like emotional personality, like what, what did you, what strength did you discover after sort of those 10 years or so of, you know, like you said, blaming everybody else and not really having that confidence? Like what strength did you discover in yourself to help you, you know, move forward? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I, I, I mean, obviously the confidence thing is having confidence is a strength a hundred percent. Um, but I think too, e even now, right. That was five years, ago, six, five years ago, even now, like there's times where I deal with the insecurities, right? You try mm -hmm. and know you're a little insecure. You don't know if you're good at it yet. You don't know. And so you kind of play within that. Um, I, you know, I think one thing really is strength and People may not call this a strength, but I would I would say uh, self awareness. Okay, well that's that's a good one. I mean, I've been sort of uh, learning about that just this past year, and I'm 33, so <laughs> it's a good thing that you started to figure it out a little bit earlier. I would say. <laughs> and, I, and I think the tricky part with self awareness is, and this is kind of deep, and I don't know who your listener base is, um, but I'm kind of uh, like to look at things at a deeper level. The interesting thing about self-awareness is, is uh, it's extremely difficult to look at ourselves, especially on an emotional side, objectively. And this is e even the case from a, a non-emotional side, right? Just from a strengths, weaknesses perspective, uh, from like say a technical or an intelligence point of view, it's very hard to, to have, I think to, to truly be in a, in a place where you have true self-awareness, you have to be able to look at yourself almost like a third person. Right? You almost have to get outside of yourself and look at yourself. And when you're talking on an emotional level where uh, the metrics are very hard to define, it's very difficult to do, right? If you look at it from a technical perspective, like let's bring up sales and marketing because that's what I do. It's very easy to, de to define uh, your strengths and your weaknesses and have self-awareness there because there are exact metrics, right? There are quantitative uh, metrics as to what makes you good or not good at said thing. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. From an emotional point of view, it's very difficult to judge that because what are those metrics, right? Um, with confidence and with uh, things like uh, situational awareness, right? Being able to say the right thing in front of the right person or maybe saying the wrong thing in front of the wrong person. Um, different things like how you interact with other people, right? What kind of uh, team player are you? What kind of leader are you? Um, are you taking into an account uh, how you're making them feel when you ask them to do certain things, which really matters a whole lot from a leadership perspective, right? Um, it's a whole lot easier to catch flies with honey than it is with salt. It's very difficult to kind of measure those metrics when you're looking at yourself from an emotional point of view. Um, also, too, you have things like anger and love and uh, th those types of emotions that we're dealing with all of the time. And when, you, when you're interacting with people close to you, right, whether it's with your spouse or whether it's with your children or your best friends, and you're having conversations with them, are those conversations coming out of a place of anger or resentment or jealousy? Maybe not even for them, but something else is going on in your life that you haven't properly dealt with. And now it's coming across negative to someone else unintentionally. Does that make sense? No, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, so it's when I uh, had my first interview with uh, Dr. Natalia, um, which you might also know from LinkedIn, um, we had brought up this book, The Untethered Soul. I don't know if you've ever read it, but um, it sounds like a lot of what I read there sounds like a lot of what you're saying. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to, uh, to see, I, I don't know, I don't know if it's the books that I'm reading, the people I'm surrounding myself with, the, the podcasts that I'm listening to, what it is, but I'm hearing a lot of what you're just talking about there. And uh, sort of that whole perspective of looking from the outside in and it, it definitely is not easy and it definitely takes a certain amount of uh, strength I guess you could say to to do that because you got to be ready to face it yeah and two and so the untethered soul that's Michael Singer and I read that book earlier this year and and that I would say is more based on a spirituality perspective because um, I actually probably don't agree with the entire concept of the book or the overall concept of yeah. the book um, and I think that's just because he puts a higher um, recognition or uh, precedence on the seat of self versus God. And since I am a, a believer in Christ, um, obviously I would never put that. But from the perspective that you do have a consciousness and then you do have all the other thoughts, I mean, I 100% agree. So it's a very good book. I, I recommend anyone to read it 100%. Um, it is a little bit deep and you have to be ready to have your thinking cap on, <laughs> on it to follow that book. Yeah. Um, but along with the self-awareness thing, the other interesting thing, and this is something that I've really learned this year, um, is perspective. Uh, perspective is, I believe, one of the most, um, not, not only powerful things, but probably one of the most meaningful words in, in the English language as it is defined. Because perspective really means um, so much, right? When you're talking about self-awareness or anything else, for that matter, when I'm looking at myself and I'm trying my best, right, like you said, to separate the consciousness, right, who you really are from the thoughts, from whatever thoughts that come into your brain all the time, when you're really trying to look at yourself from that outside point of view, even then, you are still only seeing things through your perspective. And furthermore, your perspective is only, is only shaped by your past experiences. Mm -hmm. That's it. That is it. So you and I could look at the same exact problem and come up with two completely different solutions 
And both believe that the other solution is completely wrong and only ours would work when in fact both solutions will work. And the only thing that changed the path was the perspective. Because obviously at 33 years old, living in a different country, in a different world, right? In a different sales site, everything, your perspective and your view is completely different. So when you're talking about self-awareness, it's, it, there's so many different things that play into that. Does that make sense? Again, no. I know it's like really deep. No, it does. And, and I, honestly, the, the deep, I think these deep conversations are what are needed because, and when you talked about listeners, I don't expect every listener to be the same or to have sort of the, the same, to be the same age, the same place in life and all that kind of stuff. So I think that these different ways of, of looking at, you know, things are going to be helpful, you know, to, to everybody, because again, different people are at different places and, you know, different ages and all that kind of stuff. So it's, I, I, I mean, and not everybody might uh, be willing to go as deep, but at the end of the day, that's not for me to decide. Right. I guess, I mean, I know a little bit more about your story because you've shared a little bit more with me um, since we've uh, sort of met each other. Um, and I don't know if there's any way, I don't, I'm not looking for an exact number here, but would you say you've faced quite a bit of vulnerability and struggle in your life? You know, a lot, a little in between, like, I know it's hard to define because it's you. And then also, you know, are there any other stories that you wouldn't mind sharing um, with our guests? Because again, the whole point here is to sort of make it relatable and let people know that, you know, if you're facing this, you can still get to, you know, this point and sort of like where you're at right now in life. Um, so, you know, if there's anything else you, you're okay sharing, I, I would love to have you share another story or two, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course, man. Um, it's interesting though, to ask if you've faced a fair amount of vulnerability or uh, uh, adversity or whatever you want to, you know, you're dealing with your demons, I guess is one way to put it. Um, because I think to all of us, we've all faced a lot, mm -hmm. right? Again, what's the metric? What do you, what's, what's a lot, what's a little, right? Somebody may live and it's, it's crazy because it's almost like you ever go through something really hard, like whatever it may be, it could be something with your marriage. It could be something with your finances. It could be that you, your business is new. You're trying to manage cash flow. Uh, you're trying to keep a steady flow of leads coming in, whatever it may be, right? Something that's truly hard that you have to really dig deep to get out of your own way enough to stick in it. Um, you ever notice that sometimes, a lot of times, whatever we're going through seems like the worst thing that we've ever went through. <laughs> and then we go through another thing and then that's the worst thing that we've ever went through. Yeah. It's like that with everybody. Um, so somebody may break their arm and that'd be the worst thing that they've ever went through. I've broken my arm. It's not that big a deal. I've been through worse than that. Right. Um, some people may have had one year where they just couldn't seem to get on track. And that's the hardest thing that they've ever been in. And in their mind, they've faced a lot of adversity. I've faced 15 years of adversity. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, 100%. And, oh. I, and I, I knew, no, I figured it's a little bit of a hard question to define. And that's why, you know, I sort of went with, you know, if there's any other stories you can share, um, it might be the better way to put it. Just because, again, it's, you know, just to sort of get any, get, get, give some people like some ideas, like I said. So, you know, if I look at past guests um, that I've had on, you know, they've talked about like health issues that they've had to overcome, right? And that, that might hit somebody, you know, might hit home for somebody. Um, you know, uh, my first uh, guest talked about, you know, struggles in school and not feeling like they fit in and not having friends and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's everybody's definition is going to be different, just like your definition of vulnerability at the beginning was different. So I'm just, you know, again, if there's any other stories that you'd like to share that you feel comfortable sharing, um, you know, that'd be awesome. 
Yeah. No, no. And honestly, that, that quest, the first question was actually a good question though about facing, you know, if you face a lot or not, because again, I think it does bring perspective. Yeah. So I, that, that's a great question. I think it's a great thing to say, to say on the show. Um, as far as specific stories, I mean, again, too, right. I felt like I was that guy in, in school who didn't never really fit in. And part of it too, is not because other, there's something wrong with other people, right? Part of it was my arrogance, my obnoxiousness, my annoyingness, my in your face, thought I was good at everything, but really sucked at everything. Um, and so, you know, my desired need for attention, um, instead of doing that in, in a, in a normal way, I would do it in a loud way or I'd be rude and disrespectful and I would get the attention, right? It was just the wrong kind of attention. Um, but I, I, w I would say that I would share something more recent, um, as I think it, it's more pertinent to my life now. And I would say one of the biggest vulnerabilities that I've faced, faced over the last 18 months was I recently started underdog social and I started underdog social in May of 2018, eight, 18. Um, and, and <clears throat> when I first started, I, I love the idea of marketing as a whole. I've done sales now for about four years, but I love the idea of marketing because marketing is one of those things where you can really stand out and be different. And marketing is fun too, because it drives leads internally if done right. And being the fact that I'm on the sales side of things and I absolutely despise prospecting. I love closing. I love meeting. I love getting in the room, sitting across from whoever I'm talking to and let's negotiate a million dollar deal. I'm in my zone, right? That, that's, that's what I know how to do. Get in front of you and solve your problems. I love doing that. I, I mean, literally love doing that. Um, but I despise prospecting. So marketing to me is fun because again, if done right, it drives leads internally. So I said, okay, well, let's come up with this idea to start a marketing agency. The problem was I, well, I felt like I understood people at a high level view and I know how to think outside the box. I have never, I've never looked at rules like rules. I don't know how to put it. I've never looked at lines like you can't cross that. I've just, my mind just doesn't work like that. I don't know why, but it just doesn't. Um, I don't, I don't listen like the, the old adage, like, well, it, it doesn't quote unquote, it doesn't work that way or quote, we've never done it that way. None of that really matters to me. What only thing that matters to me is if I have an idea, can I make the idea work from a logical business case, right? Obviously with anything new, there is a bit of risk, but you try to mitigate that risk as much as you possibly can with actual quantitative value um, when it comes to business. Okay. So from the marketing thing, I was like, man, I could come up with all these cool campaigns. The problem that I had was I didn't know Adobe. I didn't know Facebook ads. I didn't know Instagram ads. I actually didn't know how to do anything that I was selling. Uh, the idea was to sell it and then outsource it on the back end. But I knew it so little, I couldn't even sell it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And two, the other part of it was I didn't know who I wanted to work with. Um, what niche am I going after? Who am I talking to? And so I lived in this dichotomy God, for all of 2018, this, this literally everyday paradox of on one side of my life, because I have a full-time job, I'm massively confident. I'm selling B2B sales, enterprise level sales. I know what I'm doing. I will walk in and negotiate a million dollar deal with a CIO of a $2 billion company. Won't think twice about it. Done. Got it. I could lose the deal. Doesn't matter. Cool. Right. I, I just, I'm good there. And then on the other side of my world, I was like, I don't know Adobe. I don't know if I can do this project. How do I sell this? How do I talk to people about this? And so I kind of lived through that through 2018. Uh, January or February, 
I had somebody reach out and they wanted something designed. Seriously, a $500 project, I think. They wanted designed in Adobe Illustrator. And um, I don't know Adobe Illustrator, but I said yes. I was like, yeah, sure, not a problem. I was like, done, yeah. You want that design? <laughs> not a problem, yeah. No, yeah, I do it all the time. It took, <laughs> what would have taken any designer an hour to do, it took me about 20 hours to do. And um, that company ended up giving me this year, and I've, I haven't really been working with them over the past couple of months, but they ended up giving me, I think about $7,000. Oh, wow. Worth of business from the first time that I just said, yes, yeah, sure. And uh, it's super fun too, because I realized I don't actually like design. Um, but I wouldn't have known that had I not just said yes, yeah. right? Um, and now I'll do little stuff in Illustrator, but I really don't want to do it for clients. I don't enjoy it. Um, but I didn't know that until I knew it. And what that made me realize is I'll figure it out. Like say yes, say yes first, and then you'll figure it out. Um, that was one side of thing. The second other thing, the thing that I learned, um, and I would say Q1 of this year, I speak in quarters because that's just, I don't know, sales, sales in me. Everything is, is the, the year is not broken up in weeks or months. It's all quarters. Um, something else that I learned though, was when you accept your vulnerabilities, uh, it makes it really, really difficult for a other people to use them against you. Right. Because that's a big fear is I run underdog social. We're a, a B2B marketing agency. No, wait, maybe we're a generational marketing agency. Well, what do you do? Well, we do design and Facebook and blah, 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 blah. And when you can face it and say, look, I've, uh, I've only done one design project, but I can definitely do this project for you. We'll do it for like 200 bucks. That changes, that really changes the conversation. And the contradictory part of that is that in embracing the fact that you don't know what to do, you actually gain confidence. And when you have that confidence, you just figure it out. At least this is how I work, right? I've swapped industries three different times now without a college education and have been very successful, at least working within, like even at this job, very successful with that. And I don't mean that in a braggadocious or an arrogant, arrogant way whatsoever. And the reason why is because anytime that I've went and worked for a new company, I haven't really been worried about it because I've just figured it out. I'm not worried about it. I'll figure it out. Like I'm a smart guy. I figured it out. I'll learn. Right. But I never could take that own approach with my own business. And it wasn't until I embraced it and I said, okay, Jacob, you don't know Adobe. You don't know Premiere. You don't know how to run Facebook ads. So deal with it. But say yes, you know, you'll figure it out. And so throughout this year, by doing that, this massive confidence has grown with Underdog Social. And like I said to you before we jumped on recording, Two weeks ago, we took on the biggest project that we've done to date for a $40 million company. And now, of course, now the confidence, again, is jumping up even higher. So now I'm like, okay, cool. I've been working, and I like working with bigger companies. Um, it's kind of, I don't, it's weird. It's my comfort zone in a way. Um, two, generally, you get paid more than working with smaller companies. <laughs> so that's always good, right? Same amount of work for more money. Um, so now it's kind of, now I have this new confidence growing, right? Where I'm starting to realize, okay, I can go after bigger companies and our work is good enough to where we can actually charge more to go after these bigger companies. So uh, I know that's a long story, but definitely something that I've, I've learned this year is by embracing it, facing it. I talk to myself all the time. People call me crazy. I don't <laughs> care. It's a real thing. Tell yourself, hey, if you don't know, well, just say that, right? Yeah. Who, are you trying to, who are you trying to impress? And in doing that, your confidence grows 
And as smooth as you may think, as smooth as I may think that I am, I've realized when I'm trying to mask or create a facade, people see through it. And when you have true confidence, people see that. They just see it. They see it in the way that you carry yourself. They see it in the way that you talk about uh, your business or whatever it may be. Uh, they see that confidence and they're willing to take a bet on you. They're willing to work with you purely because you have that confidence. You have the confidence to figure it out and people can see that, right? I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but people can see that. At least that's, again, what I've learned from, from my experience. So it's super interesting thing that's definitely happened this year and it's a work in progress. We're always a work in progress. I'm always a work in progress. But is by embracing those vulnerabilities of not knowing, I actually became more confident in knowing. And this year, you know, I built a Shopify store. Uh, I've built a website. I've learned a little bit about code. I've started learning Adobe more. I started running Facebook and Instagram ads. I've started learning more about LinkedIn ads. I've started learning Adobe Premiere and I've actually edited several freaking awesome projects. Um, so with all of that, instead of just saying like, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not good. I just said, yeah, you don't know. So figure it out. And I got on Google, I got on YouTube and I just figured it out. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. I mean, the last year, uh, a lot of what I was saying to people, um, I used two words a lot of times when I spoke to people or when people asked me for advice and those two words were just start. And it's sort of the same concept that you're talking about is that, you know, I remember somebody saying to me, I want to start my own business, but uh, you know, I'm worried that I'm going to fail. And I literally looked at them and I said, how can you even know that you're going to fail or think that you're going to fail when you haven't even done anything? It really doesn't make sense. Right. And so it's the same sort of thing. You got to just start or you got to look past that and figure, know that over time you'll figure it out. And I think that's key for anybody. I don't think that just, you know, as much as I, I hear what you're saying where, you know, that works for you and it might not work. I think honestly it can work for a lot of people in terms of if they just sort of get over their own like uh, self-doubt and that negative self-talk that they can probably do a lot more. Um, so, you know, with all this sort of being said with what you've, you know, overcome the confidence and all that, like, how, how would you say, and you might have, you've probably already answered this a bit, but how would you say all of this has helped you get to where you are now with, you know, being, uh, with your full-time job, with your business, with everything, like how would all of this, how would you say all of it's helped you sort of achieve what you've achieved and, and at the young age of 25? Um, I think two things that if on an emotional level, if I were to say, that have helped me get where I'm at. And please, I don't call myself successful, not by a long, I would never, I don't know. I'm not saying I would never, but I don't feel successful. That's for dang sure. Um, and I think a lot of people are like that. But uh, I, I would say uh, accepting, um, like if you screw up, just say you screwed up, right? What are you gonna do? It's, it's done. Don't mm -hmm. cry over school. No, that's what mama always told me growing up. She said, <laughs> don't cry. And I know that's a super redneck. Um, don't cry over spilled milk. What's done is done. It is what it is. Look at things as they are um which also helps too when you're talking about your vulnerabilities look at things as they are right if you're not good at something just look okay you're not good at it so what what are you gonna do about it you got two choices way i look at it you got two things either you cry and you complain about it or you change it that's it ultimately really what else is there in between it's not easy and i'm not saying it's not it's not easy god if you knew the amount of darkness and stress and the fact that i'm going bald and everything else i don't have a social life i don't have friends um, I didn't say it was easy, but simple, right? If you have vulnerabilities, if you have things that you need to work on, if you're overweight this year, I've lost 20 pounds, whatever it may be, face it for what it is, either deal with it and say, just accept it as it is. Okay. You know, I'm 20 pounds and really I'm, I'm trying to lose about 10 more. 
Um, and that's just a goal that I set for myself just because I want to be in better shape. I'm at the gym every day. I'm running more, I'm doing this stuff. And it's like, okay, nothing else, right? Okay. You're overweight. Do you want to deal with that and accept that? Or do you want to change it? That's really, I think that's the only thing that you have in between. And so, uh, I would definitely say that. And then along with that comes the confidence, at least that I found again in my life. I don't ever want to say that what I do or what I know is perfect for everyone else because I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe that I know it all. I don't believe that my advice is perfect. Um, and two, I don't want people to listen to something that I say and it not work for them because everyone's different. Again, that's where self-awareness comes in, but definitely as the confidence grows and when you have confidence, when you have true confidence, um, especially when you have a personality like mine, which is a little bit more, um, driven, it's a little bit more outgoing. Uh, it's a little uh, more risk, uh, taking when you have that confidence, it really just enables you to walk into situations and say, look, I'll figure it out. Right. I'll, I will figure it out. I've been asked for the past eight years, seven years, why aren't you going to college? You're a smart guy. Why aren't you in college? Why aren't you in college? You need to college to be successful. You need college to get into the door. You need blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying if you go to college, great, do your thing. Right. If you want to, that's my always thing. Right. If you want to go to college, go, if you don't want to, then don't, don't, don't live your life because it's what you think you're supposed to do. That's the most ridiculous thing to me. But, um, I get it though. I get it. I've done it. Um, and then, you know, a few months ago, I had a, the local uh, community college here reach out and ask me to come and be an instructor for their business incubator program this fall, which there wasn't a whole lot of money tied to it. But for me, the big win was I was supposed to, according to societal norms, I was supposed to go to college to be successful. And now the colleges are asking me to teach there, right? And what that's really helped me, and again, that also helps with that confidence, but it also just proves the point of do what you want to do, right? And accept what you don't have, accept what you're not good at. And as the confidence grows, so will your skills and your strengths because you'll just figure it out. There really is no excuse between Google and YouTube. You can freaking figure it out. Right? <laughs> like literally I learned Adobe Premiere from YouTube. So um, After Effects, any of that stuff, right? Adobe Audition, all the stuff, right? I'm starting so much stuff. Um, so I would definitely say, say accepting it for what it is, except first off, when you screw up, say you screwed up, take responsibility. The second thing is, is accepting yourself, your strengths and your weaknesses as you see them today. Obviously your perspective will change, you know, in six months you'll experience something new. You may look at, you know, decisions that you made six months ago, completely different and that's okay. Um, yeah. And then, and then, like I said, let that confidence grow. And I would say the last thing is too, and this comes with confidence is, and this is something that I, I have had to learn and I'm still struggling to learn now. Um, so this is a very vulnerable uh, view of me today just in, on the 27th of August is, um, you know, I still have that inherit. Uh, I like to be the center of attention, right? I like to be recognized. I like to be, um, and I'm getting, like I said, getting much better about that. And honestly, I don't even think that it's always a bad thing, right? Sometimes it just feels good to be recognized, right? It makes mm -hmm. us feel good. It inflates our ego, and we like that. Um, but the one thing that I am really learning is you just got to stay true to who you are, right? And obviously, there's things within context. For me, it's my mouth, right? I'll say something, and it offends somebody. And there are certain things that I know I need to be careful of, right? Because you obviously don't want to hurt people, and you don't want people to feel bad about themselves because of something you said. I would never want that for anyone. Um, and on the other side of things too, 
in 2019, God knows you can be offended for anything and everything, right? <laughs> Literally anything you can be offended for. So I think part of that is something that I'm having to deal with is saying, okay, um, are you watching how you treat people and how you talk to people um, because you're worried about offending them? Or are you doing it because you truly care and you want to make sure that people always feel more positive um, when they're around you? And so that's kind of an interesting thing that I've kind of been working with um, recently is, you know, always checking my spirit and making sure that I'm not saying things out of judgment or in a, in a demeaning manner or in it with a negative connotation to it, right? By saying, okay, that way is wrong and this way is right. Um, I want to make sure that, that when I'm around people and when I'm speaking, when I'm doing these things, I'm not doing it with a negative connotation. I'm doing it with a sheer, this is my point of view, and this is not saying that this is right or wrong. This is simply how I view this particular subject or this particular concept uh, through, through, through the lens of my own eyes. And so that's kind of something that I've been working on here uh, here lately. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I think it all matters, man. I think definitely accepting responsibility, accepting your vulnerabilities, your, your weaknesses, whatever you want to call them. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that would be, that would be the, the, the biggest thing. And of course, never stop learning, never stop working on yourself. Yeah, that's, no, that, that's I, I find the, the one part there that sort of got me is the irony behind you know the whole fact that everybody's telling you to go to college and you sort of did your own thing and then the college is asking you to come and teach. So that's a, that's, there's a little bit of irony there. And I think that's incredible though, because it just shows that, like, like you said, you know, do what you want to do. And if you, if you, you know yourself and you're true to yourself, you know, it'll lead you to, to where you got to go. So hundred percent understand that, man. Um, I mean, to, to, if you think about, I love that word irony because I, something that's super interesting to me here lately is just the sheer irony of humanity itself and why, um, I, can we cuss on this show? Sure. <laughs> There's a book, this book massively helped me, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Yeah. Okay. It's a pretty well-known book. Um, but that I've read that earlier this year and that's, God, it's helped me so much this year. I've read, I think I'm up to about 15 or 20 books that I've read this year. So there's a lot that really helped me. But that one in particular, and I think the irony of humanity, and this is for me, especially when it comes to like caring what other people think. And this is the hard thing about vulnerabilities is we think that other people are going to think X, Y, and Z about us. But here's, here's a super simple way that I've learned to look at it is the same things that people will praise you for today will tear you down with tomorrow right brian's a great guy he's super driven he's he he uh he looks at things outside the lines um he doesn't hear no he just keeps going he's a great guy uh you know he he, he never sees things as a finished product and he's always innovating and he's always doing things different and six months later it's like brian's way too driven he's way too aggressive he's way too loud he won't take no for an answer he doesn't ever follow the rules he doesn't ever just realize that this is the way that it's always done and the same things that people praise you for one day will tear you down for the next. The other side of that is, is when it comes to judgment, we all judge people. I don't care what anybody says, like, hey, I'm super open-minded. I'm not <laughs> bullshit. Yes, you are. Right. And I don't mean that in a negative way. We have to judge people to a certain extent. There's a reason why you don't hang out with crackheads. Okay. So you have to judge people to a certain extent and that's okay. But when it comes to other people's perspective of you and why it's so difficult to live our lives based on what we think other people think or what we think we're supposed to do according to societal norms or according to the status quo, whatever you want to call it, is when we judge people, 
unless you know somebody really, really well, right, which would be like your five closest people, right? Maybe your wife, your kids, and maybe a couple of your friends that truly know you, right? But even your business colleagues, people that you're around, they only see one side of you. And when we judge people, we are judging people based on a perceptive moment of time. And that's it. That is it, right? So one group of people may meet me and be like, okay, that is a narcissistic, uh, self-aggrandizing uh, prick. All he cares about is himself. He's got a loud mouth. He doesn't care about how other people feel when it comes to business. He's just aggressive and he puts his opinion out there and it's just too much, right? And then another group of people who you uh, volunteer with or um, – uh, let's say you, you I volunteer a lot with youth organizations. So let's say the, the youth, right? When they see, when they see you, they say, Oh, he's such a selfless guy. He's so outgoing. He's constantly trying to help other people. I saw him give this homeless guy. You walked up and you gave a homeless guy a hundred dollars. And that homeless guy says that is the most selfless person, most kind and caring person that I've ever met. Not only did he give me money, but he took the time to have a conversation with me and ask me how I'm doing. That person is so kind And on the other end of the spectrum, you have another group that says you are selfish and you're mean. Does that make sense? No, 100%. And and it's funny that you bring that book up because in the first interview I had, that book was brought up and my wife read it, uh, I think it was last year at some point. So it sounds like I might need to pick it up because it seems like a lot of people are getting some uh, pretty good life lessons from it. So, but uh, uh, I mean, I think you you already answered this. uh, Sorry about that. Uh, I think you already answered this next question a bit. Um, but anyways, we'll go with it, <laughs> which was, um, would you say that you found success and fulfillment in life or that you're still on your journey towards it? Uh, no, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Abs- no, absolutely not. I would definitely say I'm still on my, on my journey towards it. Uh, have I found some success? Absolutely. Um, but success is defined by every individual on their own. So have I found success, um, to some people's standards? I'm sure. Um, have I found success to my standards? Far from it. And fulfillment? No, absolutely not. Um, I, I, I'm working towards that. And there are things that I do in my life, like I said, working with the youth organizations, even working with companies and helping them create like these super fun, you know, different videos. I find fulfillment in that. Um, but a sense of true fulfillment? No, I wouldn't say that. Well, I mean, and, and it's good to know. I mean, like I said, you know, I want, again, the whole point of this and the whole point of this podcast is so that people realize like, you know, whether you're here or whether you've, you've reached that point or whatever it is that, you know, there's, there's still hope, there's still a chance and here's some key, you know, things that you can do, um, which actually leads me to uh, one of my final questions for, for, the, um, for the interview, which is if you could give people that are listening to this three key takeaways um, from your life, your experience, your vulnerabilities that you've faced that they might be able to use, what would those three key takeaways be? Okay, one, and I always say this, I probably said this on any time I've ever been interviewed is, or any speaking engagement is one, take responsibility. Um, that's a big thing, take responsibility. And I, these are, that's something that is an overarching thing, right? That takes time. Um, take responsibility and be willing to look at things as they are, not as you want them to be, which again is incredibly difficult. So if you don't have that much self-awareness, go ask somebody who really does know you, your mom, your brother, your sister, your wife, whoever it is, right? And say, hey, when I'm around you, how do you feel? How, what does this make you? When I act like this, how do you feel about this? Because you may think in your mind, you may just be kind, but to, to your spouse, she thinks you're an absolute asshole. So that's something. Um, a practical thing, right? A practical thing is I always like to give you know something that people can do tomorrow. 
Um, that would be create a routine. I have a morning routine that I love. Um, you've read the stories of the billionaires who all have morning routines. And obviously that's why I started it was cause I'm like, Hey, if these people who, um, are either successful, um, from a materialistic, from a wealth perspective, or if they're successful from an emotional perspective, or if they're, um, successful from a community involvement, give back perspective, whatever it may be, the, the different people that I look at, they all have a type of routine. So definitely establish a, a morning routine and live by it. That's something that's really, really helped me. Um, and then the last thing, and this goes in line with the morning routine, uh, a, a good practical thing that you can do is establish a serious, a very serious level of discipline in your life. Um, anytime, especially I've had a lot of roller coasters this year, this year has been a, just a nutty year between my business, between my full-time job, uh, between my personal life. It's been a very, very nutty year for me. And anytime that I've felt massively out of control with my life, once I created crazy discipline, I started regaining where I felt more, uh, normal, more control, not in a, in a negative way, but control in a way that, that you feel good. Um, like a very practical example, as I went through, I had a rough month in May and the month of June, I pretty much drank every night, not to a point of like complete drunk, you know, but definitely enough to make me go to sleep. Cause I have a lot of issues going to sleep at night. Um, and there was a couple of nights that I just had crazy benders. You know what I mean? I went to a concert and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's not, you know what I mean? Go do your thing, whatever. Um, but I think for me, I just, for that entire month, I was really depending on alcohol to put me to sleep at night. And then the next day I was slow and I was groggy and I didn't feel good about myself. I was a little bit depressed about, you know, I had situations going on with my wife. I was depressed about that. Um, I didn't do that good with sales, you know, so I was kind of depressed about that and little normal life stuff that was just exaggerated, it, you know, for me in my own mind. And so the month of July, I said, okay, no drinking. And so I think I've drank three, three times in the past two months now. Um, and again, that's not for everybody. That's what I needed to do, right? Please understand that. You've got to do what you need to do for your life, whatever that looks like. Um, maybe it's cussing. Don't cuss for a month. I don't know, right? Whatever is hard for you to do, and it's going to require you discipline to not do it, do that thing. Um, and the, so part of it was going to the gym. I don't like going to the gym. I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, I got to be at the gym and work <laughs> out. That's not me. Um, so, okay. So my butt's been in the gym five days a week. You know, I'm up at 5.00 AM. I'm in bed by 10 PM because if I'm not in bed by 10 PM, I won't get up at 5.00 AM. Because I need <laughs> so creating these disciplines and what's happened now is I'm starting to see that in, in back involved into my business and my confidence is rising back up and the insecurities are kind of going away and starting to crush shells. Underdog social is getting on a new level. We just dropped a, just a bomb article the other day. So it's like these things, um, I think that are, uh, yeah, creating that discipline in your life. That would say take responsibility, create a morning routine and create massive discipline in your life. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, I, I can, I agree. I just started the 5am club. I don't know if that's why you get up at 5am as well, but I finished reading Robin Sharma's the 5am club. And for about three or so weeks now, I've been getting up at 5am and I have a solid morning routine. And, uh, I mean, it's probably 90% of the reason that this podcast actually got started because I started to just add more things to my day and, and become more routine with things. So um, definitely agree there. So at the end of the interview, I just want to give everybody a chance to promote anything that they want to promote business, like whatever it is they got going on. So if you want to go ahead and do that, uh, go ahead. Floor's yeah. Here. So uh, big thing for me um, right now is obviously you can go follow me at like um, Jacob Weir's I'm sure you'll spell my name. Um, 
Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, even Twitter, even though I'm never on there. Um, and yeah, underdog social starting to do more and more videos for uh, customers, uh, for clients, um, bigger, bigger projects, and then take those videos and run them on LinkedIn. That's kind of a new thing that we're working on. Um, also working on uh, integrating FPV racing drones into our videos for B-roll shots, which are the sickest thing. Um, trying to stick within the B2B space, B2B marketing can be a bit boring. And so we're working very, very hard to uh, kind of change that game up a little bit and really help companies stand out, especially within video because video is hot and we all know it. Um, so that's a big thing for me. And two, uh, companies who are trying to hire right now, unemployment is that, you know, a pretty much almost a 20 year low and companies are like, well, we need to hire, we need to hire, we need to hire. And it's like, man, if you're a cool place to work, make a video showing that, you know, we, we wrote a video for a, for a, for a client. We wrote the script. Um, we added a lot of humor in there, added a lot of fun in there and it turned out great. And again, you integrate these different dynamic shots and it just turns out to be a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. And, uh, thanks for sharing everything that you did. I, I think this one's going to help a lot of people, Jacob. So take care and, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. All right, Brian. Appreciate you, man. Take care. All right. Thank you for listening to the Vulnerable Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps get the word out and means more than you know. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching Vulnerable Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at the B-E-L-M-E-D-A, that's the B-E-A-L-M-E-I-D-A, or by searching my name on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, please let me know as I would love to interview them for the show. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and see you next week.